1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Yeah Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Down. As always, I'm your host Jimmy. With What's me up? is Mr. Drew. What's up, dude? Not too much, man. Just uh, excited to talk a little tournament. You know, kayak bass
3: fishing. We had a, a several events happen this weekend, so uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good show.
2: Yeah, man. I'm I'm feeling kind of off. Uh, anybody that's paying attention to listen to this, the intro is a little bit different, and we've done that same intro forever, and. Brian wants us to try something a little different. So I'm so used to all of the timing and our, our like rock music intro that that just threw me all off. So
3: it's like, it's like pre-fishing and the fish are there and and then all of a sudden tournament day comes and they disappeared on you and it just throws you all off. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. Man, where'd they go?
2: That hit hard this weekend for me. Like (laughs) I, uh, so uh, Bassmaster on Pickwick was this weekend, as well as the event we're covering on East-West Harbor, uh, the KBF event. And I sent you the picture of it. I uh, First day of pre-fishing, I struggled. I went up a river. Based off their rules, I couldn't do the float how I wanted to. So I put in at the main lake, and I went as far up it as I could. Went over some rapids and stuff like that. Found some smallmouth, but they were not going to do anything for that tournament. So, you know, nothing really going other than a whole lot of heat. That day, Friday, pretty much the same thing in the morning. First spot was a bust, but I found a great spot for the spawn. Uh, then uh, I went to a spot I knew about. It's very public. Uh, I was blown away. I didn't see anybody there. So I put in, like, you paddle around around the point, you know, 100 yards. Made one cast with a jackhammer. Or no, I'm sorry, with new cross size chatterbait. Uh, got nothing. I was easing around one stick up of grass and I made a sidearm cast and I I just held the thumb on the reel, walked it around the bush and I mean, giant fish just rolled over on it. I tried not to, you know, get him, but, but she had it. So yeah, <laughs> just picked her in and she's 23 inch. She's seven two. It's my first seven pounder. Uh, I was excited and Dude. mad. I was like, God, I need that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, went from there. Went up, you know, I went super skinny up a creek, saw some fish cruising around. I got to talk to you about that and ask you how to catch those kind of fish. Um, Didn't make any casts, came out, was like, okay, I'm going to go east from, you know, from where I was at, paddled east. I was like, all right, I'm going to fan around with a chatterbait. Made one cast, caught an 18-inch smallmouth, put my rods down, was like, I got this tomorrow. Because I'd been talking with the guys you know, uh, we hung out with Mark Pendergraft, Saw Riser, a bunch of the guys. Didn't seem like nobody it was really, like, on him on him. I was yeah. like, cool. Real quick, fast forward tournament day. Dan Perry gets to the spot. He's not fishing the spot. He just went for my launch. I told him, I was like, hey, let me know how many people's there. He texted me and said, just one guy. I said, cool, I got this. Put in the ramp, go around the corner. There's two guys sitting in the middle of my spot. And I was like, okay, this big area, I can fish this. It's not a big deal. As I'm getting closer to them, one of them's like, "Hey, I thought that was you. What's up, Jimmy?" And I was like, "I couldn't tell who it was." I get closer; turns out it's some of the North Alabama kayak anglers, local guys, and they're oblivious to like outside kayak fishing. As far as like, if it's not local, they don't know. So they had no idea there was a tournament there. So I told them they was like, "Oh, our bad. We'll back off." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And I was like, "Did you fish here?" He's like, yeah, we got in last night, like four o'clock. It's like, we fished here till about nine. I was like, did you catch anything? He's like, oh yeah. We caught a couple five pounders. He caught a bunch of 17s and 18s. And I just like, my heart sank right then. and was like, oh God, this spot's burned. And I I committed to that spot all day, man. I went miles in both directions, just seeing if maybe they moved off. I went offshore, got heat exhaustion, like started like getting tunnel vision and getting dizzy out in the middle of the lake because it was hot as crap. Like just turned it Man. went from I thought I had something to a bad day. But I did catch a good fish, so
3: you did that. Well, congrats that's your PB, you said? Uh not length, but weight. But yeah. weight. Oh, that's awesome. though. congrats on that. And you know, honestly, that's that's a bummer, but that's so similar to a two-day tournament, because essentially they fished that spot hard. And and you did, you caught some there. And then the next day the the fish weren't there because they weren't managed. I mean, they were just gone. There may not have been you know that many there but uh man that's that's rough dude that is rough just like the intro man just as rough and challenging as the intro situation you had so it just moved it changes but that's fishing and uh you know i similar stuff happened to me and that's okay but um i actually will talk about my if you're cool with it talk about my experience a little bit and interject as these guys tell their stories no that's great how they were there so because i was there at the same event so i want to just I want to be able to have their, their feedback as well on my strategies and what I did uh, as well. So yeah. yeah well, uh, w-
2: without further ado, we'll bring in the day one winner from the KBF at uh, East West Harbor. Uh, repeat winner from last year, Mr. Robert Wecker. What's up, dude. What's going on, man? Yeah, man. Repeating it. I was, I was rooting for you because we had <laughs> you on last year for the same yeah. show. Yeah. And I like, I, that's the only thing when I saw that you were up there in the running for it, somebody posted it. I was like, I figured, honestly, I was like, I think he's got this and I will get him back on the show because I think this is the first time we've ever, I'm not, I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened, but I think it's the first time I've ever had the same person for winning the same event a year apart. So it's a first, so congrats, man. That's pretty cool.
3: That's pretty cool.
2: And then uh, we also have the day two winner, uh, Mr. Nate Hall. What's going on?
4: Hey guys, how's it going?
2: Pretty good, man. Glad to have y'all on. Uh, Robert, we've had you before again, and Nate, your first time. I greatly appreciate you coming on. I know it's getting late in y'all's neck of the woods.
3: Yeah, it is. It is a little bit, but you know what? Jimmy, speaking of which, man, we do have a lot of East Coast guys on here. If you ever want to start earlier, I know it doesn't matter to you guys listening because you're listening to it whenever you're at the gym, mowing the lawn, on your way to work, but hey, man, I'll be up for starting a little earlier if you ever feel like it. And hey, I'm,
2: I'm always down. I just, I know you got a kid and I know there's bedtimes, good. and I just try to like not, not cram it. Not your...
3: interfere. No, we're yeah. good, man. We're good. But uh, no, congrats to both you guys. Uh, it was a fun event. Uh, it was my first time at East West Harbor, you know, and, and now they expanded it. I mean, we still call it East West Harbor, but they expanded the rules and the boundaries to the Sandusky Bay, the Portage River Bay, and a mile offshore. So a lot of water was in play, which was pretty cool to – to be able to have options, you know what I mean, to kind of figure it out and, and hopefully try to find fish somewhere outside of East-West Harbor, which we all know, even if, you know, someone like me who hasn't fished that area, we all know that those places have them, you know what I mean? The water clarity, the way it looks, the grass, even from the satellite image, you can tell it's very bassy. And so my strategy was to actually try to find a way to compete in this tournament outside of that that area the east and west harbor <laughs> that was my strategy and i know you're 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 you know, laughing because that's probably not the greatest strategy and it didn't work but I, <laughs> it didn't work but i'll tell you this okay first of all i had to pre-fish the week before and then fly to icast and then come back and i, I wasn't able to pre-fish like the days leading up to it so and I, of course i would never been there before too which doesn't help but it doesn't really matter. I won Lake Dardanelle. never been there. It was second place in Champlain, right? Never been there. It was tied for first in KBF Pickwick. Never been there. So that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think it really matters that much. But it doesn't hurt, I'm sure, right? To have some experience. I mean, Robert, you're proof of that. You know what I mean? Like, I was because John- I know I knew that there was yeah.
5: play, and when I seen your name on the list, I yeah. even told my wife.
2: It's a given. I yeah, oh
5: yeah. Here, and he's gonna be fishing the river, and there's hammers in that river. So I was laughing because I was pretty well freaked out that you were gonna slam the door. on oh, the, yeah, all mouth in the river.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's some there. There was I found some fish in the rivers. I did in some backwater bays. I found some places and some little sneak holes that had fish. But I tell you what happened. Um, Pre fishing, there was more water coming down and flowing in some of the areas, and I did a little bit better pre-fishing but i actually couldn't fish all the rivers because as you guys know there's a lot of murky water coming in right and a lot of the rivers do have a lot of drum and catfish and they're not really known to be Bassian. and i just don't think they are there compared to you know east west harbor and the largemouth because the smallmouth that live there they i do not believe now you tell me if you disagree or if you know anything that i don't know but the smallmouth there let's say in the in the rivers that feed uh the portage river bay or the sandusky bay they're so far away from the main Erie. I don't think those smallmouth or ever smallmouth, I don't think smallmouth move from the lake all the way up those rivers to spawn. I think that the smallmouth and those parts of the lake, that part of the lake probably spawn in the lake. Because that's just a long way through muddy water that isn't really you know, what they want to look for to spawn to finally get to some the headwaters of some little creek or, or river where they could actually spawn. So I think those are resident smallies. And if they're residents, they unfortunately don't have the same forage base necessarily as the lake smallmouth, so they probably don't get as big, and uh, that's what I noticed. But, um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Either oh, one of I
5: you guys, I agree with that. I think that you, that I think you were ch- you if you were going up in the rivers, you're definitely chasing resident smallmouth, you're not chasing yeah. real big lake smallmouth, but you also know that I mean, I, I, I would, I think you would agree that usually river smallmouth are long lake smallmouth, so I yeah. thought you might get into some long skinny long river smallmouth like that
2: that, that's what we we don't don't have those trophy small i mean pickwick's got some big smallies on it but like as far as like river fishing for smallies in alabama that's what you're looking for they're they're resident you know a 19 i think my biggest one's a 19 and three quarters and if it weighed two pounds i mean it was barely and that that's honestly what i thought because i've never been to east west uh but like looking at it on the map when drew was talking about going up there that's kind of what i figured too like like you just said that He'd get into some long, skinny resident fish, get them good kayak bass. I just and,
5: that in Tennessee. I'm not familiar with the smallmouth fish in Ohio aside from the lakes, but well that's yeah.
3: No, it's true. They're long they were longer in on Champlain and and I was up in some rivers. But Nate, I know you know how to catch uh smallies in, in inland rivers in in Ohio and, and other places too. I mean, all over. I mean, do you think they're uh you know, do you think they're longer in the river? Do you think it's possible, I mean, to to win a tournament like East West Harbor up up the rivers when the rivers in Ohio inland aren't, you know, really typically the, the best compared to other rivers in the country?
4: I honestly don't think so. I kind of yeah. figured going into it that it was going to be either Main Lake or one of the harbors that was going to win it. Going into I, it.
3: Yeah, I thought so as well. But I still tried the rivers and I only had two days to pre and you know, somewhere I'd never been. So obviously you got two days. You can't try the rivers, the harbor offshore you can't you either need to commit to offshore use your electronics graph like madman and find some some you know gps locations some some find some fish right some structure and then pray to god that the weather doesn't mess you up you know what i mean that's strategy one which is risky so i didn't do that then i thought east west harbor i could go try that and i said i just don't want to be around people because this is still something i want to enjoy i still have fun fishing tournaments i want to have fun when i'm fishing them so the way I like to fish to have fun is to kind of be away, alone, wild fish. Now it doesn't always win, as we we saw obviously, and it's we've seen many times it doesn't always win. But that's the that's what the way I like to have fun. So that's what I chose, and I did find fish. I'm telling you, pre-fishing, I had some some areas that I did find some decent fish. But here's what happened to me. I'll, I'll skip over the first day. First day, I never had. I only had one good fish, and I had to learn a little bit about what had changed, right? Because I was there a week before. Uh, and rain and some things were different, but the second day when I made my adjustments, I went to a new spot and I, I hooked a, my first fish was a 17, three quarters, bigger than any fish I caught on day one. And then about 30 minutes later, I lost one that was in the 19 to 20 inch range. Right. And then I went to a a small, uh, I would say a small mouthy area, right. A, a, another moving body water I did where I found some decent size ones and I proceeded to, I'm telling you, this is no joke. Normally would you not agree that if you hook a fish or they, they hit your top water, normally you would at least are going to land like more than you lose. Right. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is normally, but I proceeded to land two fish out of probably 10, oh. 10 blowups that were so just Like they'd never seen a whopper plopper in their life. Just, just blows it out of the water. And I have brand new sharp hooks. You know, I changed my trebles, the same hooks I used on Champlain when I did well up there uh, with the whopper plopper. And sometimes guys, you know, losing that 19 to 20 inch fish. Um, and I caught another 17 later in the day. So I had a 17 and 17, three quarters and like a 15 and a half. And then two other small ones, basically about what I had on day one, which is like 80 around 80 inches. Right. So Bottom line is this is how close it is from possibly winning. You know, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, I would have gained yeah. five, five inches catching that one fish. So now I'm up to 85, and I would have gained about another another uh, probably six ish inches on the other fish that I missed that were like 17 to 18 inches. They were smallmouth. That puts me right around Nate Hall's range, of the winning. So you go from very quickly, and I'm, obviously other anglers had lost fish too. Maybe Nate did. I don't know, but we'll find out. But that's just how it should be. I think inspirational a little bit hopeful to people who did finish you know down it in the 20s you know out of the 100 something people or the 80 something people 20 or i think 32 on day two that that's how close you are to winning oftentimes i mean you just get one big kicker one big kicker or a couple fish that you missed. you land them it just flip-flops like that so that was my experience i loved it and uh i definitely will say this i drove A long way away in the morning, an hour from where I was staying. And then I drove again. I spent about two and a half hours of my day driving. I moved like three or four times to different locations. So it was nuts, but I did find fishing in lots of places there. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to get back and uh, maybe with some electronics, check out some offshore stuff. and, And just my goal is still to try to compete in that event every year and never fish east west harbor that's what that's what i'm gonna do
2: (laughs) (laughs) well before we get too far ahead uh while we're talking about it um first uh let's let y'all introduce yourselves we kind of skipped over that uh tell us a little bit about yourselves what got you into you know tournament fishing out of kayak uh and then i want one of y'all to break down east west harbor for us for anybody that's you know just looks at the map and just sees a big harbor so uh nate tell us tell us who you are man
4: Right, so I'm Nate. I'm from Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, I got into fishing a lot when I was a real young kid, like 9, 10 years old. Uh, I got into high school. I started playing soccer, and that kind of took over my life for that portion of it. And then went to college, got back into fishing, found kayak fishing actually on YouTube, and then just started kind of Googling kayak fishing clubs around Western PA. I uh, found a few, joined them up, started fishing tournaments, and been hooked ever since.
2: And, and now you have a new obsession. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, who, who's your YouTuber that you that, that brought you to the light?
4: Uh, I believe it was Greg Blanchard. I believe it was.
2: There's a lot of good ones, Drew included, They have good YouTube, but Greg's just, I don't even know what's different about it. It may be just the amount of content. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But nine times out of 10, that's the first kayak fisherman on YouTube people see. Honestly, I hear that more than Chad. And, you know, Chad and Gene, you know, flooded YouTube with kayak fishing, but everybody finds Greg. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, Robert, Mr. Repeat. Who are you, man?
5: Robert Weiker, Marietta, Ohio. Um, moved here from Tennessee about four years ago. Started He'll kayak. Back. <laughs> you're right. Started kayak fishing in 2014 with uh KBFTN um and Craig Dyer, Ron Champion. They were all down there in the club then. And with the, yeah. Club. I mean, I've, I've bass fished my whole life, but I went down there nervous as it gets. Never fished a kayak tournament. I showed up with a Cuda 14 with a four-inch depth finder. Uh, walmart paddle i mean next to nothing and craig and ron came over helped me unload my kayak and they like they admired all my stuff they made me feel like a like like one of the guys right off the bat and that hit a switch right there immediately i was like man nice i just i mean me there with these guys and all their decked out equipment and i had that i mean my now my kuda i fished out it for a long time it was a great boat still is a great boat. oh yeah but my finder and electronics i couldn't even read the screen and, and it was just my, my whole setup was a wreck. They helped me rearrange everything, and they got me hooked into it big time. And I've never left it. I've fished the bass boat stuff for a long time. I fished the FLW Costas as a co-angler uh, two years ago, the Northern Costas. Fished the whole series and realized that's why I like being in my kayak. I don't like being in the back of a boat and Yeah like running 100 miles an hour. I think kayak fishing makes you 100 times better fisherman than running around finding the good spots.
2: I, I agree with that 100%. I didn't know they well, uh, made four inch fish finders. I yeah. didn't know they made.
3: I think this is four inches, guys. I, I think this phone, is like <laughs> my phone.
2: That's impressive. A
3: four inch yeah, the, fish finder. The
2: Garmin Striker Four is literally that big. Is it like a buddy of mine runs it on his creek boat, it was and that point. that.
5: HCI 4, I think is
2: what it was. Heck yeah.
3: That's cool, man. That's cool. That's a great story. Those are good guys, too. So that's, that's awesome. And
2: uh, if them KBFTN guys, any of them Tennessee guys can help you with anything, they're going to teach you how to set up your stuff and spend way too much money. Yep. That's that's all, everyone, every, every Tennessee angler I know has got either, like, either a killer setup or multiple kayaks. Yep, Like money signs. Like they spend money on kayak fishing, which Dude, there's cool a lot too. of hammers that come out of Ohio and out of, you know, Tennessee, everybody yeah. talks Texas and Florida. I'd put any of my Tennessee, Ohio guys on those guys at any time.
5: Well, it's yeah, funny to look back because Russ Snyder, Josh Stewart, Craig Dyer Ron chief, and they were all fishing that little trail when they started, whatever I started. Like yeah. all the hammers were fishing around right there in the same area. And we were all just getting into it. And now we're spread all over the country.
3: I know that is funny. And it's pretty cool though, that you did that out of a Cuda 14 too. You know, you know, even though I'm not with Jackson, you know, I, I designed that boat and man, it was uh it was a, just a really cool boat. I loved it. And it was one of my favorites for so long and still, like you said, is is a great platform, even to this day, even though they don't they don't make that one anymore. But uh, that's really cool, man. So it's always cool to hear people having really cool experiences out of, uh you know, boats that maybe you design or, or products that I've had a hand in. And so that's really cool, man. And it makes me feel really, really proud and special that it gave you some awesome memories for you and your family. So that's cool.
5: I think that's the reason why I like my pursuit as much as I do, because they're kind of designed Look, I mean, the design's kind of the same, they're really long, narrow, fast, and that's, I I mean, I like them both the same. I've been in both of them. I I owned two Cuda 12s, two 14s, and two Kilroys in the time I lived in Tennessee.
3: Yeah, well, for sure.
2: Them Tennessee boys love their Jacksons.
5: Yeah. We get them at the Jackson sale.
2: So y'all drive right right. down the road and get them.
5: (laughs) Taste right there. So I put the water treatment systems in the, in the plant at Jackson. I built their tank, the concrete. I put, I did a bunch of work in there and set a couple. He
2: he had them connections. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Well, Nate, (laughs) uh, tell us about East West Harbor. Give, you know, what, what kind of, obviously, uh, it's a Harbor. We know that, uh, Give us a rundown, though, especially since they opened up the water a little bit this year. Give us your, your best description on what kind of fishery it is.
4: Uh, so it's actually got a little bit of everything. I mean, if you want to fish deep, there are places in those harbors that are dredged out that get 15, 18 feet deep. Um, there's clear water in parts of them. In parts of the west are going to have dirtier water you can go to. Portage River, this year they opened up. It's usually typically dirty, at least when I've been there. Um, then obviously you got the main lake, which is going to be crystal clear most of the time. Uh, if the wind picks up, it can get pretty sketchy out there, uh, which is one of the reasons why I stayed off of it all uh, the entire time I was up there. Um, and then Sandusky Bay, um, I've heard nothing but catfish out of there, so I didn't even take a look at that. <laughs> so I don't really know what all it has to offer.
2: Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I'm, ch- I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that Robert taught us about it last year. I just know that it, if it, it didn't last year when they announced it, I was like, why would they hold a host event there. You know, why would you want to host event in the Harbor? And then there were tons of good fish caught there last year. Nobody talked bad about it. Uh, other than some people wanted the boundaries to be stretched a little bit, which is why it happened this year, but a uh, definitely cool place. Now I definitely want to go. I mean, that's one thing with the kayak fishing national trails, man, is they, they give you so many places that maybe you didn't even know you wanted to go fish. And then like, I I honestly, I don't know anything about Texas, never had heard of the Possum Kingdom situation. And my God, that place is going to get beat to death now because multiple days of 25, 30 pound bags came out of that in kayaks. So another, another benefit of kayak fishing. Well, uh, let's lead straight into pre-fishing. I want to know what you did or what you didn't do to prepare. Um, we've had a pretty good chain of shows even before Drew came on of guys that, just winged it, no pre-fishing. So Nate, Robert, well, how'd y'all's day one go? Whichever one of y'all wants to start.
4: Yes. Yeah, so I got up there Thursday morning um, mm-hmm. and headed out to West Harbor to an area I fished last year and actually finished third in. And it was a lot muddier this year than last year. I think it's mostly because of all the rain. We got storms. We had come through about a week before the tournament and it just could not, could not get anything going. I caught a couple of fish and they were the size I was looking for. But I only got three or four bites. So I just wasn't confident I could get the limit out there. Uh, so that obviously affected what I did the next few days
2: leading up to the tournament. I got you. What about you, Robert? How'd you prepare?
5: Um, I was kind of pre-fishing for three of us. Two of my buddies just got into this this year. They couldn't take the time off that I could. So I went up Monday and we just called it a family vacation. We, My whole family came. We camped all week and I went to good old Waypoint 19. That's where I wanted that last year. And I made mm-hmm. a cast on the first morning. And I caught a 19 and a half incher, made another cast, caught
3: a 17. I said, well, that's where I'm going. So I left.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was quick
3: (laughs) dude he's at the water he's at the water park with his kids he's like all right what else am i gonna do
2: here this week oh i gotta go to bed honey i gotta get up and cash check in the morning
3: i've I've never
5: caught a 19 and a half there so i mean it was kind of like you know i mean when the stars align they align so i took off and went i wouldn't know about that (laughs) i went did chatterbait fishing and finding some other stuff for my buddies and then they came up on the week and i took them around showed them a few waypoints and then I took and I I marked these waypoints in this circle where I'm at, and I put it on their graph, and I'm like, "This is my circle." Since right. I- <laughs> this <laughs> is
2: my bubble, and you stay away from this bubble. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> so Jimmy should have told those guys that it, you know, the Al. What is it, Alabama guys?
2: <laughs> Naka. Yeah. I'm. like yeah. I wasn't even mad. Like, those two guys are great people. He runs our youth trail. Like, he yeah. absolutely does not pay attention <laughs> to anything. Kayak fishing outside of like NACA or YouTube stuff, like, and they were polite about it. They moved, but it they was it, it was know. too late. Yeah, it was yeah. too late. Like, they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. It, it's gone. <laughs> I, I told somebody that, like we were excited that night. You know, I was like, I, I think I got something. We were all happy, and then I was like talking to Possum King, Mark Penningref. I was like, it Ain't gonna happen. I was like, I have the worst tournament luck in the world. Something will affect <laughs> this, and I was right. So go me. I'm keeping it perfect. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's get into day one. Uh, Robert, I'll let you start start your day one since you crushed it on day one. Well,
5: I'm going to step back just a little bit and tell you kind of cool story. Awesome. Uh, the Kyle, that I was kept pre-fishing for, he came up here and practiced about a month ago, and he was pre-fishing with Aaron Stahlbaum, and they caught. Aaron caught an 18. Kyle said, hey, I'll take a picture of it if you'll show me what you caught it on. Well, Aaron picked up a worm out of his boat, 10-inch worm, and that fish had puked that up. I thought he caught it on it. And so I was like, you know, I can drag a worm with the best of them. I'm from Tennessee. If you can't drag a worm, you don't belong fishing deep water down there. So I went out and I bought a pack <laughs> of worms. My third cat, I caught that 19 and a half incher on. So I was like, and I've never thrown a big worm I've always been flipping or throwing, you know, yeah. always grass like you normally would. So I I YouTubed a video, said, throw a 316 ounce weight with a 10 inch worm. -hmm. And just dragging on top of the grass and that's I can't
2: believe from Tennessee being from being in Tennessee at all you didn't know like three sixteens, good hook, good worm.
5: (laughs) Always, if I'm flipping grass, I got the big stick out, you know, I'm flipping post quarter combat. But I literally third cast of that term in practice, I caught that one and I was went out to my spot. Um, Christine Fisher was sitting next to us at the ramp, so was Jody Queen, and whenever I hate to wish bad on anybody, ever. I seen them pointed at the direction of where I was going and I was yeah. in the direct, I, I knew they were going to outrun me.
2: Please and, turn, please turn. <laughs> I
5: the motor fire up and I heard Christine's prop spinning out of the water and I said, Oh boy, I'm going to win. So I ran to that yeah. out there just before they did and come to find out that me, her and bombs waypoint was literally feet apart. Right. And her being <laughs> the last act that she is, she went right on around us and went back and started working on something that she found later and, me and Stahlbaum being buddies, we fished together the whole time. I mean, we we both knew from camp that we had the same waypoint, and it was just, I'm going to bump into you, you're bump into me, and let's just catch them. And
2: uh, and, and for anybody that hasn't checked the results, he got third. So second, y'all...
5: all day. And I even said at the boat ranch, my buddy Matt Davis, I said, hey, me and Stallbaum's going to 1-2 this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> we were 1-2 all day to little Warchall. Yeah. last and mess up everything, just like- <laughs> <laughs> and just because well,
2: you mentioned it, Christine moved on, and Christine still got fourth, so yeah, y'all are She's in a good, good area.
5: It already got third mm. next day sitting right there, so oh, she'll yeah, still get, get warm all day. I mean, that's I didn't put it down, I, I flipped a little bit and I did catch some stuff on a crawl, but I didn't keep catch my key fish. But my bite was 13 keepers in the morning from the first hour. And then it slowed way down, but every bite I got after that was a big one. And it was dragging that worm painfully. Man, I need those problems. <laughs> yeah, right. I finally got the YouTube video up a little bit ago, and you'll see that. Worm. Okay. My worm. I mean, it was. I was not moving it. Sometimes I was looking at my phone, talking to somebody, and I could just tick. Well, I wasn't even moving it. So it was. It was deadly slow. But. It was so it, it it was Texas rigged. Yeah. Yeah. I had it pegged yeah. a little tiny weight and backlashing like crazy every time the wind blew and caught that stick right yeah it's so hard to throw but I was throwing it on 17 pound line and a big flipping stick anyway I wasn't gonna them or put the big rod down well,
3: yeah. what kind of what kind of grass was in the area well or were there several kinds of grass the main thing I was catching them on was all the eel grass
5: and I kept yeah. say that they I kept hearing guys talk like bass don't live in eel grass and I'm like y'all crazy yeah <laughs> they're everywhere in eel grass up here so
2: no well, you're right I, they don't know they don't stay away from it
5: yeah, they were fishing the thicker stuff next to my spot, so I didn't have a lot of pressure. Right. They were close to me, but they weren't they weren't on what I was on, so.
3: Yeah, it speaks to the health of a a fishery. When you got eelgrass, it 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 it's I think a little bit more sensitive than most other grass, you know what I mean? So, it needs some clean clear water, uh, you know, for sure and and it just says a little bit to the health of that area. The the other question I have is um and, and I think I'm on here, you know, I'm I'm co-hosting with with Jimmy now. And I think one of the reasons I'm on here is to, you know, really get you guys to try to give us, give up some juice. So I'm going to ask tough questions. Sometimes you can answer them, you can dodge them, whatever you want to do. But what I want to know, Robert is why in the world were there this many big fish in this area? What was it? Because there's grass all over this place. And you're saying, Oh, it's grass. I'm just dragging a, you know, a 10 inch worm, three ounce, but that's everywhere all over the Harbor. So why, why in this area, what makes you think they were, you know, why were this many big ones there? Is so, there anything you can
5: point out? In practice, I was clueless. I just knew they were there because they, they've been there. Right. On day one, I was completely clueless. I just obviously knew they were there. But day two, when it was glass calm, there was 500 million bluegill, one inch long, two inches long, popping the top of the water. And they were loaded, and the bass were chasing them everywhere. And they were only over in that big section of eelgrass. You could sit there, and the water was boiling in that little fifty-yard circle.
3: That's wow! Awesome.
5: But wow! Everybody else seen it too on day two, and they all came to the party.
3: <laughs> yeah. How, how tall and, was the eelgrass, by the way? Did it get how close was it to the surface? It, or how, it was. It was all the way to the top. It was six. All
5: six, the The water, and it was all the way up. And there was a lot of it mixed in with some other grass. But the only place I could ever catch I could catch them was just in the real thin isolated little patches like it wasn't crazy thick
2: so just because it sounds like if you got video of this is gonna be really cool give yourself a shameless plug where people can see that what's your youtube
5: uh Liker's outdoors i'm gonna to have to check that out it's a new channel i've, I've always hated gopros because i don't like messing with editing i mean i spent 13 hours editing the video for the weekend mm-hmm. so i mean i I'm, I'm not good at it i don't have a good software and everything but and I finally just decided to stick with it. So it's been fun and it's making some cool memories. I got my daughter's first deer hunt on there and stuff this year. And so it's been fun. That's cool.
2: I I, I record most everything I do. I always say I'm gonna learn how to edit, and then I never do it. I just use the clips for myself to like look back on or like if I'm fishing the same spot, it lets like this is what the weather was like and you had a good day. This is what the weather was like, you had a bad day. I use it just as a reference. Well, uh, on the Nate, tell me about your day one, man.
4: Yeah, so Day one was rough for me. Um, actually, so day one, I pre-fished West Harbor. Day two of practice, I pre-fished East Harbor and found numbers, but no size. So I was like, well, I don't really have confidence in the harbor, so I'm going to go to the new place, Portage River, this year. Um, and there's a big railroad track that goes across the river and then a big road that goes across the river as well with a bunch of rock and riprap. And I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm gonna throw a jig, throw a tube, and crank it all day, and see if we can go with any size. And there was no size there to be found. <laughs> I just dink after dink after dink, and that was my day one.
2: Golly, man, I I I can't stand when you. I think Drew said something about everything looking fishy. I can't stand when there's a situation where like everything tells you this is where it's going to happen, and absolutely nothing happens. That that was me when I went up like, like how I fish for river smallies up here. It's when it's as hot as it gets in summer, you hit the rivers and that's where they're at. And I did that and there was nothing. Like <laughs> I was catching smallies like this big. I caught a couple decent sized largemouth that I have no clue why they were in. I had eighty six degree water and they were sitting in like eight inches of water. Why? Like why are you there? But no, I I, I cannot stand the oh this is fishy. This is gonna work and then pfft. Throws everything you think you know about bass fishing right out the window.
4: Yep. That was my day one. Ugh, I feel well, for you.
3: Man. So day two, what, uh, what adjustment did you
4: make? I went back to West Harbor. Um, and after pre fish I didn't really have anything, any spots to go to. It was actually in the marshy part of West Harbor, which is the farther west part, not the main harbor where you have all the docks and stuff. And so I launched the far end of that and decided I was going to paddle east as far as I can during that 30 minutes of time we have before line's in. And I did that. Got about two-thirds of the way down that little chute. Uh, just started fishing. And in the morning, I started off the chatter because It was cloudy. It was foggy. Really wasn't a whole lot of sun coming through, so I didn't think the flipping bite would be on. Um, caught a 17, like 10 minutes in. I was like, all right, this is going to work. We're going to catch a quick limit here and move on. Didn't get another bite after that. So after about an hour and a half, looked to my left, and there was just this little section of pads just right there. I was like, there's a fish there that's probably going to be fishing the rest of the pads. Uh, so I went over there, started flipping. Five minutes into that, caught an 18. I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing the rest of the day.
2: That's a um, fun way to catch them, too. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. And then after that, moved on to the next set. And that's where the magic happened for me that day. Um, went in there, caught an 18, then a 16 and a half, then a 17 and a quarter, which filled out my limit. And that was the biggest one I've ever had in those harbors. So I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Now I'm going to do much better than that. And then next fish was a 20 and a quarter. And I was like, all right, it's going to happen today. And wow. just kept going caught one more upgrade there and then a bunch of smaller fish and um, then moved on and ended up getting that one last call towards the end of the day. You know, instead of pads.
2: And just to go over your numbers, uh, obviously you're, you won cause you're here with us, uh, took it home with 92 and a quarter, uh, big fish 20 and a quarter, like you were just talking about, uh, 18 and a quarter, two 18s and a 17 and three quarter. So killer day. Uh, and just to step back for just a second, because I didn't get the Roberts numbers out. Uh, day one winner, 95 inches with a 20 and three quarter, 19 and a half, 18 and three quarter, 18 and a quarter, 17 and three quarter. So, you know, pretty similar numbers both days. Uh, so the fishing was definitely on. Um, Drew, yeah, you got anything well, to get some juice well, out of that?
3: <laughs> well, first of all, I was going to say, what was uh, Pickwick? What won Pickwick? So we can compare this northern fishery, you know, in Hold the summer to Okay. I think it was, I think that east-west had better numbers than Pickwick if I looked, especially like further down. I mean, dude, I was 24th place and I had 80 and a half inches on day one. That would probably got me like in the top 10 at Pickwick. So there's there's something to be said about in the north, you know, this is feels more like their, uh, you know, post-spawn, you know, feed up. They don't have as much time. You know what I mean? Like it I, ice is right. over and they're just fe- feeding hard all summer long. Basically, there is no, you know, low period really, you know, up here. I mean, tell you guys agree with that? It's pretty similar. They just kind of feed it for, for the whole summer, basically, then go right into, into winter, obviously. So in the south, it's the opposite. It's very hard over. It's very pressured. It gets like you were saying, that just it just feels like the dead the dead of winter where it's just hard to catch like five, you know what I mean, in the middle of the summer. Um, so what you got okay. for numbers on Pickwick there?
2: All right. So you're right though. Um uh, it took uh ninety two and a half to win Pickwick. Uh and he got I know he line uh you know wired a wired it. He had ninety inches, yeah, I think in the first hour. Um, and then eighty eight and a half for second and eighty six and three quarters for third. And then it fell off I don't have past third on my right. Uh, spreadsheet right here, but I know it fell off bad Fast. after that. Like oh, yeah. if I could have landed three fish, I could have got, I think, I think Dan got 22nd and had a 12. Like it was, it fell off quick after I think like eighth place. So, yeah, and, yeah. and the, the numbers were way up just for comparison. Um, 95 first place for, for day one, 91 and a half, 90 and three quarter. You didn't get under eighty five inches until tenth, so still up there pretty good. And then day two, uh ninety two and a quarter was the win. Ninety and then fell off a little bit, but still seventh place. No, it I was wrong. Twelfth place. So yeah, definitely. Fishing yep. way better than the picnic p- picnic pickwick numbers the picnic. were.
5: Yeah. All He's right. A lot better this year than did last year. was eighty. It was eighty 89 and a half last year and compared to 95, and then it was 87 compared to 92 on day two. So, was it
3: about the same uh, yeah, time of it, year? Same time of year? My memory yeah. on Facebook showed
5: me the day that no I won this year. It showed me there was a my memory came up the day <laughs> the
3: time I won last year. So, yeah, same time. That's cool, man. That's real cool. Well, That's a crazy repeat. That is, that is, man. You know, so all right. So, Nate, let's pull something out of your, your, your day here, your winning day. So most of your fish came from this one section of pads. It sounded like the majority of your fish. Did you find anything unique about that set of pads? Was there adjacent deep water? Was there shell bed? Was there anything, you know, around there that would, you know, clue us into why that set of pads? Or is it just one of these things in these harbors that, like Robert said, it could just be where the bait are and you just were drifting along, working your way back and just sort of stumbled into it. Because when I was catching fishing pads in one of my you know, lake areas or harbor areas that I was fishing, I agree there was a certain set of pads. There was more bass in this one area of pads than all the other pads that looked just the same. So what are your thoughts?
4: Uh, for me, I think it was two things. One, the water was just slightly clearer in that set of pads. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why, uh, but it was just a little bit clearer and it wasn't as choked out with grass. So all of the pads in West Harbor, which it wasn't like this last year, had matted grass all throughout the pads and whatnot. And how kind of it was choked out that one section, the grass was just a little bit lower. It wasn't quite as thick. And I think that's what pulled those fish in there.
2: Just way more oxygenated.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That could be something to do with depth a little bit too,
3: slightly maybe, uh, or just the bottom composition where, you know what I mean? Like... It, it maybe the bottom change there a little bit. Cause that can give you a clue if it's thinner then it's, it's a different bottom potentially that, you know, the grass can't grow as thick there. It's kind of like you got that, that bare spot in your lawn, you know, it's bare cause it's a bunch of rock there. You know what I mean? Your grass doesn't yeah. grow as well. Similar uh, situation happens on the bottom of our lakes and, and rivers. So that's, that's interesting. And those differentiators really are, you know, like keys to finding, you know, bass, finding fish, like the differentiator, like when you've got a, a transition on a lake from, like a lake, you know, from a main kind of a cliff style ledge rock, you know, coming off to, to changes to sand or gravel, that transition area, they love those. And I feel like that's a transition that's just on the bottom of, you know, the Harbor there. So that's interesting, man. Um, and now what and were it, you, what were you throwing again, mainly to catch them?
4: Uh, I was throwing a black and blue pit boss with a three quarter ounce tungsten weight.
3: Oh yeah. But I wanted Yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But
2: Robert was chucking the worm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now, well, here's another question, Jamie. This, this is interesting because the winner at Pickwick had his fish early. And, you know, on my podcast that uh, we, we just changed the river back to the name, back to the river bass podcast, which we'll be doing some of here. Ken Morris and I will on the paddle and fit network. I've always told people, especially mainly in the South in the summer, that's the only time I feel like, um, you know, being out early, getting that bite, taking advantage of that early morning bite, really, especially at rivers, because because I feel like rivers you can just catch them all day long. But only time I really feel like it may matter to get up early on a river is in the summer, that low light, and it, and it applies up to lakes too, obviously. And I think that maybe is what, you know, got them those, those fish on Pickwick. I mean, do you think there's some truth to that? Because, look, you guys were catching fish all day long in the summer up north, and then he had his fish early down south and won.
2: So, thought- something that I saw, and it's funny because me and Riser talked about it the same thing. We, Me and Riser, if we ever run into each other, we always compare. And, you know, we both agreed that it would it it'd either go two ways. Somebody would just land on freak fish, you know, where you, you might get five bites all day and they're five good bites. But, you know, putting money on that, somebody was probably going to wreck them early and something a lot of people noticed was the water temperature difference between morning and like 10 AM was insane. Like it'd be, well, in the areas I was in, you'd have high, high, mid to high seventies. And then by 1130, it was 86 degrees. And, you know, they just more active before they did their, you know, normal, like summer go out deep, or they stage up wherever they're going to be. What was weird for me when I was on them was is 1130 in the afternoon, the water was 86 degrees and I was catching them in two foot of clear water around nothing. Well, the one I caught around grass, but the other bites were, there was nothing there. Like no, no dead grass, no live grass, no rocks, no shell bed. Don't know why they were there. Um, Some of the other guys were, I was talking to, they were catching them super shallow all day, you know, flipping, uh you know it's basic summer fishing shady spots but i actually i i may have to reach out to josh i'd like to know how he called him i, yeah. I haven't heard i've talked to a bunch of people nobody's said I'd, I'd be curious to know how he got 90 in an hour
3: yeah josh deal right is that you say his last name mm-hmm. all right yeah definitely want to say his, his whole name on here and give him credit you know we've got nate and robert on but obviously you know bass nation kayak series pickwick winner josh deal And uh, congrats to him on that. Uh, I will say this too, just so you guys, I don't know if you guys know this or not. uh, I'll ask it in case anybody does. Because Jimmy, you're talking about oxygen a lot of summer. Do you know when the lowest, the time of day, right? Or 24 hour clock, when is the lowest period of oxygen in a body of water? Does anyone know? I know the answer. I'm just curious if anyone knows, because you're going to be surprised. Dusk. What is it?
5: I'm thinking dusk.
2: That's what I said.
3: The lowest point of oxygen is probably is around five 30 or 6 a.m. That's the lowest time of oxygen. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Jimmy's shocked that these fish are shallow. And I know why they're shallow, Jimmy, because I'm going to tell you they're shallow in the middle of the day because the sunlight comes up and it hits the plants and photosynthesis occurs and oxygen is created even shallow, super shallow. It doesn't matter about the temp because of photosynthesis. The longest period without photosynthesis is – because obviously hot, hotter water doesn't hold oxygen as well as the cooler water, which is why these fish are fired up up north here because it still isn't – I mean, what was the water temp for you guys, Robert and Nate? You guys know? 70, I have no idea. I would I'd say okay. 20, 76 in the afternoon evenings. So plenty of oxygen plus the grass, right? No issues with oxygen. Down south, the lowest point of oxygen is is – at five thirty or six, because they have the that obviously it gets dark at whatever time. Like, you know, well the sun goes away from the plant life on the on the lake probably like seven o'clock or something, right? With the shadows, so it's gone. Yeah. So from seven thirty to eight, you've got no photosynthesis happening, no oxygen is created until six. That's why in the morning, a lot of times you will see fish that that need to gulp oxygen, like gar or whatever. They'll they'll gulp oftentimes in the morning. Catfish will roll. They're gulping air. I only know this because I had a pond at my house in North Carolina. We had a lake and pond management company guy come over and explain to me as I was trying to like manage the pond a little bit, you know, and, um, he told me that, that running the fountain, we had a little fountain that helped produce oxygen. I would just, I would run it during the middle of the day thinking, man, in the middle of the day in the summer, these fish have to want oxygen. You know, I'm going to run this fountain to help them out. He said, I'm doing the complete opposite. He said, that's when the oxygen is there. And I, instead what I'm doing is creating, I'm throwing all the water in the air, right? in these little particles, right? And it's getting evaporated away. The more wave action, it's just getting evaporated away even quicker and they're losing water. And he said, it's the complete opposite. And you need to run it, it, you know, really at three or four in the morning till like six, if you have it on time or 6.30, because then the sunlight takes over, photosynthesis takes over and the fish can be the shallow. A lot of the plant life actually is, you know, right on the banks coming from the actual land, right into the water. That's creating oxygen. So, really, there's are the reason why they, they are super shallow sometimes in the summer in the middle of the day. And it's because they're trying to get oxygen.
2: Well, so, folks, there is your biology lesson. And there you go. Yeah. I, I needed that. Makes a lot of sense because I've caught yeah. some good fish up stupid shallow right on the edges of grass lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Like on the grass on the bank. And right. it makes total hey, sense.
3: Having said that, you got a population of fish that obviously, not every fish is shallow in the summer, right? You got a big population that is. I think below the thermocline, there's no oxygen. So I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct too. Below thermocline, no oxygen. So they they hang out as cool as they can be down lower, but not the true thermocline. Chase them, you know, bait. I think your baits stay obviously they're gonna stay up where the oxygen is, too. There's a bigger population, probably offshore. That's why crankbaits and things like that work on the deeper points and humps and stuff like that. But then you got this shallow population that it still is eating bluegill during the summer. But anyway, I digress. Um, we, we should dig into whatever uh, else we can, we can get out of these guys here while we have them for the last few minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so.
2: April, I, I'm sure if they didn't know, I'm, I, I well, definitely I, didn't know.
5: You're starting to make me wonder some game plans and realize it's it's exactly
2: like, exactly like, Oh, I've been approaching this completely go, backwards.
5: <laughs> uh, middle, middle of the day. I go always went deep and maybe need to start lifting some other things
3: yeah you you certainly can give it a shot you know like i said i know that the majority of the fish are definitely in lakes are more like off and and deeper but still above in the oxygen but there's always a population like jimmy jimmy ran into some and if you can cover enough water i mean can you get five good ones you know that's that's the question so if if, if you end up winning or doing good off this tip dude you got to give us a shout out (laughs) give (laughs) me a shout out that <laughs> but
2: well that's awesome guys uh anything else cool happen while while y'all were fishing either day of the tournament pretty pretty rough one day for one of y'all pretty how was your day two robert i don't know if we hit your day two
5: um day two started out pretty good the opposite of day one day one i was whacking them stall was watching my bike slowed down his bike fired up day two he did he started drilling them early uh, I watched Jody whack them. I wasn't catching anything. I caught a 17-something right off the bat. I had my limit pretty early, but my bite, my big bite was not there. And then about noon, it was hot. It was nasty. I looked, and we got slammed with a storm that leveled the campground the night before. So my yes. wife and kids are back at camp. The tents are flooded. I put the kids in the car. Wife slept in the truck. I slept on a half-wet air mattress. And about noon, I looked at my buddy, and I was like, you know what? I made $5,000 yesterday. I'm not going to sit out here and beat my <laughs> head. I'm going home. So I just. Time for pizza. I was, was going to call it a day with my wife because I know she was a train wreck from the storms. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, our campsite was trashed. And uh, so I just decided to call it a day about. I got off the water about an hour early and we went back and packed up and made the four hour drive home. So, yeah, two, man. Kind of one of those things, you know, I was still on a high from day one. I was in a great mood. Everything was good. Fish weren't biting. And I just I didn't just care. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I cashed the biggest check of my life. I had a great weekend. My kids were there. My daughter last year wasn't there. And so she was so mad last year when I won and she wasn't there. And she got to be there this year. And that was the that was the highlight of my weekend. They were standing on the shore at the end of the tournament cheering me on. You could hear them yelling at me. I was sitting there fishing. And I heard, hey, dad. And I was like, that's cool. I said, I'm going to lose my mind. And then she's, yeah. uh, I told her for the tournament, I said, hey, I'm going to win this tournament for you today. And she's like, dad, you don't have to win to impress me. I'm still proud of you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's enough.
3: <laughs> but I have to
2: that's win to cool, pay for man. your hobbies, though, honey. So yeah. daddy's got to go cash this check.
3: <laughs> hey, that's really cool, man. Hey, you did say one thing, you know, all the people around you. How many, how many other boats, like boat anglers that were fishing for bass were in those harbors that day?
5: Uh, the boat guys did not even come close to us because there were so many kayak guys by me on the second day the right guys were like i'm not going over there first day that i didn't have already any company me christine jody and and aaron that was it day two my lord everybody came through there now nobody pre- nobody did anything wrong you know what i mean they were just, right
2: they were in the area
5: yeah if my fish were cruising they were getting pressure you know yeah. i don't know if my fish were in that one spot because they were there for a reason or if they were cruising through when i caught them day one so the pressure was definitely real on day two, and I was just like, "Man, I'm going home." <laughs> my wife—I knew my wife needed help with the campground. And I wouldn't mean to let her just deal with it all by herself. So yeah, I,
3: that's that's cool, man. Did did you sit on that spot on day one, even when you weren't catching them, and, and just so no one else could pull in there? Did you just actually sit there the entire day and hold hold that spot so nobody else would pull in?
5: I stayed really close, and I kept looking back at Jody and Christine. Right. And I was nervous that if I did move, because I have got—I don't know—130 waypoints in that bay. I mean, a bunch. And just a few key ones, and I was afraid if I moved, they would pull up. And I left for about 30 minutes, and they never moved a muscle. And then I told them at the, at the weigh-in, I was like, I've never met them in person. I mean, not everybody knows who they are. And, right. I told them, and I was at the check-in, I was like, I want to tell you guys I got all the respect in the world for you because when I left, you guys never pulled up, and you guys sat there and watched me whack a 20 and 3 quarter right before I left. I mean, like 30 minutes before I left and uh, he said no he said we're not that kind of people we have seen the day you had and there's no way we'd we're not we would never do that to anybody No, it's yeah. a
2: class axe, man yeah I, I, mean, that's... I was
5: very very cuz i was scared to death to leave but i knew my other spot hadn't been touched and i had to go look at it
3: yeah the, yeah, yeah. They, did, they didn't no make... they are they're class and that's proper that's a proper way to do it so anybody listening to the fishes tournaments that's that's really is the way to do it i mean you just got to know in your heart like you didn't find that exact spot and you only know about it now because you saw him catch it and that's just not, not the I'll- way to, to do it. Really?
2: You know, that, that that's, that's kind of the spot that I found on Pickwick where I, you know, where I got into him, a guy, a local guy, I know one, a local trail there. and That's the only reason I knew that that spot had big fish. And the only reason I went there is because he was not fishing that event. If he had been fishing with that event, I would have never went near it. You know, you, like you said, that's, they, they saw it. I guarantee you. Same situation. If you go for a three-peat next year, they'll probably be in the area because they both did good there. I guarantee you it'd be the same thing, though. I have no doubts. way point 19 would be untouched.
5: <laughs> Dude. I have you no guys do it. Next year, and, I, and, they, and they beat me to that spot and I rolled through. I have no doubts at all. They just moved right over. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they got a good spot. They got a third, fourth, and an eighth. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. I mean, not far behind, maybe 60, 75 yards away. So the spot's hot, and it's big enough for. I mean, we had a third, a first, an eighth, a third, and a fourth in that spot in the whole tournament. There's ten thousand dollars made there
3: in that spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got you guys do that next year. You go for it. I'm still I'm still going away <laughs> as far as I can get away from everybody. Drew's I, still coming thing. for
2: redemption in the river. Yeah,
3: I do not <laughs> want I do not want to see anyone when I'm fishing. I did happen to see a couple guys at one of my spots uh, from further away. I don't know if they saw me, but anyway. <laughs> that's the other thing I didn't want to say is that, uh, you know, I, I just, that's just not, you know, it's just cool to me that, that you guys just, I mean, you went with the fish are, it didn't really matter to you that other people were there. It didn't ruin your experience. You just sat on one spot. I'm too fidgety. I'm too much. I just need to be moving. You know, like I said, I drove all, the, all over the place. I've floated different. I paddled long distances, but I'm still going to give it my best. Cause I know I had the fish on, on day two. Now that I've really learned more about this, this fishery. I know I can compete with y'all's spots in those other areas. It takes a little bit of work, but I'm still going to try to do it my way. But we'll, we'll see if it works. But Nate so, – or sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, while we're still talking about, yeah. you know, next year, Nate, you know, do you have uh, plans on if they go back to defend your title? Yeah, see I'll be if, back. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite places to fish, just so I can fish my way. And I showed out day two, so got to go back. You definitely did.
2: That's you awesome. I, I, I hope – and it's, I would hope both ways. I hope I can have Nate on his repeat and Robert three peat, but I also hope that I can have Nate and drew drew. If you make them, you know, maybe if you drew, if drew gets first, and Robert gets second or vice versa or whatever, <laughs> we'll do the same show again for the third time next year. That'd be cool. Dude, I just
3: want to prove that it can be done outside of <laughs> East or West. I'm telling <laughs> you, man, that's like, that's my new goal. It is man.
5: First place and then I end up getting second. I'm not on the show. I'm gonna be a little upset.
2: Oh no, I'll have you on.
5: <laughs> it, <laughs> if you if you get
2: third, if, if, I don't I'll have you on because I just because of the repeat and oh, this dude. conversation right now, this will happen again. I may just have you on even if you don't show up next year so we can talk about it. Like
3: Yeah. <laughs> Did, do you guys remember if Chad said, uh someone told me I think uh, Ken Morris, you know you guys know him real well. I know Nate, you're friends with Ken. That, um, didn't Chad say something like next year this may be a super trail stop that's a three day event, and they may open the boundaries up even more, and maybe even Lake St. Clair is it Did I hear that
4: yeah. Say? Yep. Well,
3: that's going to that's gonna ruin all this right now because there's no way I'm going and freaking back up Portage <laughs> Bay or Sandusky Bay of Lake St. Clair's inbounds. That's the dumbest thing <laughs> I, anyone could do. So I, I feel like always, a lot
2: of the east-west guys would think the same way because, I mean, it's Lake St. Clair. Like
3: I'm not going to East Arbor if they
5: say open up St. Clair. Yeah, I, Yeah. I got stuff on St. Clair I'm moving to.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: That'd so be it'll smart. be the
2: same show, but different next year. It'll be you won the event and nowhere close to your spot. <laughs> it,
3: it might as it might as well be called the Lake St. Clair tournament and forget all everything else.
2: Yeah, I don't. At the same time, man, you may have a couple anglers that use that to their advantage. They'll have like just for instance, if Robert goes and checks out, and there's five million people on St. Clair, I'm going to go back to my spot because uh, you won't have to share it with with Jody and Christine.
3: <laughs> well. If he can get 95, he can probably
5: cast a check. You can yeah. a good point. My area would probably be pretty dead and I'll have it all to myself.
3: Exactly. But
5: I've, I've been fishing that area for a long time and I've never seen a limit like I put up Saturday ever. Right. And my biggest bass ever there is 23 inches, seven and a half pounds. That was the first fish I ever caught that I found the spot. So, wow. I watched a guy Jeez. in a bass boat tournament fishing his tournament. He left at three o'clock and me and my buddy were blanked for the whole day at his bass boat. He rolled over there and threw a spinnerbait and caught that giant. And I was like, hey, we. But.
3: <laughs> I, ca- I Waypoint. So it works. Yeah.
2: Jeez. Wow. Well, guys, another great show. Glad y'all can make it. I don't want to keep y'all up too late. Uh, before we let you go, we always like to, you know, let you shout out anybody you want to shout out. You know, shameless plugs to your your YouTubes and Instagrams and all that stuff. And thank any sponsors you have. So, Nate, take it away, man.
4: Right, you can find me on social media at N Hall Fishing. That's N-H-A-L-L Fishing. Uh that's all my social media tags. And then I think performance kayak um over here in Brookville, PA. If you're in Western PA, Northern PA, need a kayak, any kayak gear, anything like that, make sure to hit them up or let me know and I can get you in touch with them.
3: Awesome. And what's next for you, Nate? What uh what's the next event people can see you?
4: For? Uh Chesapeake Bay for the bass event. In two weeks, awesome. I'll be there.
3: Awesome, awesome. man. Well, good that luck, be, man. going to be a real interesting one right there. You got the Susquehanna, you got lots of you know, you know, grass, lots of different set of fish there, lots of Bay stuff, like kind of a little similar to the event we just fished. So that'd be fun. Um, all right, I guess, Robert.
5: Um, check out my new YouTube channel, Wiker Out, Wiker's Outdoors. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun playing on that. And, um, just my sponsors, um, Raccoon Creek Outfitters out of Albany, Ohio. They hooked me up with a pursuit and loaded with an XI three and a Dakota lithium obviously keeping me powered anywhere i want to go all the time and pro tackle crafters they're out of their local company out here where i live at and they keep me stopping all my tackle all year long and uh, chasing 20 clothing they're a clothing line that came out a couple years ago for the bass boat scene chasing 20 pounds i got in touch with them about chasing 20 inches, so we're getting ready to launch a new line of clothes with those guys so. that's cool man that's cool
2: and i'm gonna ask you on here just because i haven't heard you talk about it yet but you also have a tackle company still
5: yeah, I do. COVID really, really put a hurting on us. And I went back to building swimming pools with a guy with a company that supports my fishing like you wouldn't believe. So I've been doing the tackle thing part time, line out custom tackle. Pretty much anybody in a kayak game knows who we are. Um, we're and, and, a,
2: and a big shout out. And Steve Owens had mentioned it. You have done a lot for the local clubs in the south and startup clubs, you know, backing them up with sponsorship. You you sponsored one of my events. I My, my guys loved that. Uh, I hate that covid you know put a put a pause on that but yeah,
5: we did it full-time for four years and we're still doing it part-time i'm not pushing as hard because i can't get i still can't get a lot of product and a lot of materials we had to shut our website down for a little while but we are considering a new line of something special soon maybe we might change directions from what we were doing to still doing still doing fishing lures still doing hard baits, still painting but maybe we're going to work on something else
3: are you guys mainly hard baits or uh do yeah you I, 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 pl-
5: Done, all i've ever done is airbrush and paint we all, we just paint jobs repaints crankbaits we had our own line of crankbaits and stuff and
2: yeah that makes some killer cranks man
5: yeah um
3: i'm would, gonna take
2: a, a guess out not to interrupt drew okay. i'm gonna take a guess that this man's about to start into the big swim bait game <laughs> <laughs> he lived in tennessee and that's a thing down there like
5: that's, oh yeah that's one of my favorite things in the world to throw not tournament time i never throw them in tournament days but i throw them for fun fishing, but yeah, we're gonna. I've got a couple designs. I dabbled in building for a little while, and I think we might start building this winter. I mean, you can't build swimming pools in the winter; you might as well build fishing lures, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly,
3: exactly. Uh, I do want to also say thanks, to, like you just said, to uh, Dustin Hoy of uh, Raccoon Creek because he put my myself and Ken Morse up in his camper there in Port Clinton and had a good time with them. And like you said, Robert, that storm about just blew that camper i thought a tornado was just going to come right there and just take us off the ground that was an insane storm so you know who knows where i would have been maybe camping or whatever if uh if dustin hadn't you know put put a uh shelter over our heads as well so big thanks to him and for all he does for the kayak fishing community uh raccoon creek outfitters definitely one of the best in the country so thank you dustin
2: well we appreciate you coming on guys uh congrats again man you all y'all did killer you know, one fish in one way, one fish in another. I love the diversity. Um, and I hope to have y'all back. Like like we've said it before, I really hope that we get to do this show again next year. And I think I think you two can do it. So I won't keep you any longer, guys. I thank you so much. And we'll holler at you next time. All, All
3: right. right Janet, thanks, thanks guys. See ya.
2: All right. So last week, y'all may have caught it in the recording. I forgot to do the recap and then I recorded it after and edited it in. I haven't actually gone back to say how good Brian got that to m- match up. So, before I forget, we've got some tournament recap. So, uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, KBFTN was on Old Hickory Lake. They had a night tournament out there. They had 30 anglers. Mr. Josh Sharp, first place uh, with 53 and a quarter. That's a three fish limit tournament. I got to Second- catch them. Josh yeah shot. man. He catches the, them, dude. the and this one right here too, second place Adam Riser with 50. Yeah, yep. Adams, Adam's Hammer. And third place to Nick Moore with 49. Next up, we got the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing guys. Uh they were on all four Yadkin Lakes, High Rock Lake, Lake Tillery, Tuckertown, and a whole bunch of other areas that <laughs> I'm not going to spit all those out. Uh, 87 anglers and they do the four fish limit, which I think is cool. Uh, first place, Aaron Trexler with 76 and three quarters. Second place, uh, share We're going to go with that. 67 inches. Third place, William queen, 65 and three quarter. I know I probably said your name wrong. So I am sorry. I'm just a, just a simple Alabama yeah. man.
3: <laughs> do we know why they do four fish limit? You, do you know? Cause they
2: like to be different and it's cool. Like, I don't know if he they have a real reason. It's just it's not five and it's not three, you know. Yeah, but it's it's really cool. It, it's just something I wish more clubs would. Oh, we've been trying to get our local club to go five forever, and they don't want to. I'm I'm gonna stop trying for five and try for four next year, and just there you go, move them up. up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Ontario Kayak Bass Trail on Sparrow Lake. Hundred and three anglers, five fish limit. That's crazy for. It's a good turn, Ontario man. Uh, first place Mike Hockey with eighty six and a quarter. Second place Brian Arnold with eighty three and a half. Third place Tyler Warner eighty one and a half. Had over four hundred fish caught in that tournament.
0: Uh,
2: next up we've got the twenty twenty one Fishing for the Mountain Mission, uh, the Mountain State Kayak Anglers, of West Virginia. 100 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Mike Holcomb, 78 and a quarter. Second place, Jordan Ross, 75 and a half. Third place, Storm Carver was 73 and three quarter. It was a prize-only tournament, and everything helped charity. So I love to see that. We make sure we get all those That's on cool. here. Uh, moving on, the Peach State Kayak Anglers out of Georgia on the Okmulgee River?
3: Okmulgee, yeah. Hi. That's right. Oc- Show
2: Good bass. Up, Ooh. They had uh, 30 anglers with a five fish limit. First place, Dylan Lowry with 85 and three quarter. Second place, Jason Smith with 85. Third place, Travis Dawkins with 83 and a quarter. So the top two is really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Kayak Anglers of Missouri. Uh they did a, a, a radius of the Columbia City Hall. So 50 miles around Columbia City Hall. That's a cool thing to do. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. That was different. the
3: old school river bassin' way we used to do it. The radius. Fish all the rivers within 50 or 60 miles.
2: That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So they had 32 anglers. First place, Tommy Probst with 97 and a quarter. Big bag. Second place, Alan Birding with 83 and a half. Third place, Sean Priest with 82 and three quarters. Uh, next up, we already talked about it a little bit the Bass Nation series on Pickwick. They had, we had 82 out there. First place, Joshua Dell with 92 and a half. Second place, uh, Alabama Hammer, Coley McGowan with 88 and a half. Third place, Brian De- De- Delaney? Delaney with 86 yeah. and three quarter. Um. Next up, Minnesota Slay Nation, uh, 33 anglers. First place, Sonny Zhang with 87. Second place, Rocky Vang with 85 and a quarter. Third place, Kyle Murray with 85 and a quarter. They were on the, the M- MPLS chain. I should have wrote down what that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, the Yakabass on Lake McClure out there in Cali. 77 Anglers, first place. Tasmua with 90 and a quarter. Second place, again, Damian Tao with 85. A man's always up there in Cali. Uh, third place Jonathan Hervey with 79 and three quarter next up here's one I don't know if I've ever said before uh, Oregon kayak bass fishing on Lake Billy Chinook 30 anglers first place and a five now this is a five fish limit first place was gauge level with 61 inches second place David Lightheiser with 59 third place Brayden Allison with 59 so that was a tough day
3: so, do, do we know if they had a limit? Like, can you even have a limit with 61 inches? Or was that probably just like four fish?
2: I, I wish i I'll have to. I, I should have that. Yeah, that's a good. Because it could be some clubs allow if it measures on the board, like eight. Yeah. They go with it. So, in that situation, you could. I, I'm going to check into that. I, Oregon's, I'm going to find out. There's
3: some good places in Oregon, really. There are, there are some great places to bass fish. I mean, I've, I've been up there. But anyway, I, I just am surprised if it like if that, that fishery just as smaller fish or did that just not, they couldn't get five. And that was just right. Even before that's not that great with four or 61. So uh, that's curious.
2: But, but if it was a grind, congrats to those guys for grinding it out and making it happen.
3: Whatever it was, they won. So that's, that's that's impressive for sure. But Oregon, uh, yeah, my point is Oregon's got some great bass fishing guys. So uh, in the Columbia river, uh, you know, up there as well. And then North, you know, Northwest is, is really good. There's some big smallmouth up there. So and then there's some other rivers that are really good, too, because once you get on the you know the east side of Oregon, it's a little bit more deserty. And I think there's some some a little bit warmer water over there, too. So it's a little bit, you know, because they got all the cold water stuff feeding into the Pacific and salmon and and other, you know, all that stuff. So I think it, there's some better bass fishing than people think is my point. So but congrats, guys.
2: So that was a five fish limit. Actually. Wow. All but five people caught a limit.
3: All but five people, and then and so they were all just
2: really small. Yep. Uh, Gage's big fish was a 14.
3: I wonder if that place was like just stocked, like you know what I mean? Like if it's a brand yeah. new little lake or something, it was just stocked like a year ago to, or something. may have to like, do some
2: research on that because the biggest fish in that tournament was a 14 and a quarter.
3: It just seems almost unfathomable, but
2: yeah, yeah, anyway. So, uh, last but not least, the Ontario Kayak Bassmasters event on Lake Dalrymple. Something? We'll go with that. Sure. You darn Canadians. <laughs> uh, 31 anglers, first place, Josh Dean with 82, second place, Chris Visser with 81 and a half. Third place, Matthew Hain with 76 and a half. So, another good week of a bunch of tournaments. Uh, I like seeing names I've never seen. I, I love, I don't know why I love so much when I hear the Ontario stuff. I mean, 100 anglers in Canada. Bass fishing, that's that's yeah. freaking awesome. So that's cool. Well, that's the show for tonight. Drew, you got anything else? Got anything coming up, man?
3: Um, the only thing I was gonna mention, I could actually share my screen real quick. This could this could help. Um, yeah. is yeah, go ahead. we are almost ready to start giving you guys an update on the fantasy game. I know a lot of you guys have played it and uh this year. And let me just pull this up real quick. And a lot of you guys have played it, uh, or are playing it, but right now I don't know if you can see my screen yet.
2: Hold on it it pulled you up in a separate. There we go. Situation.
3: So the uh, the leader. I should have figured out. I think we can get to this person's name somehow. Oh, maybe not. But this is what they chose. Their name is called Indiana underscore Big Bass. They got forty two thousand seven hundred twelve points. Keep in mind, this isn't including yet the uh, KBF and the Bass results. And so the way this works is the money earned from the anglers equals fantasy points. So, and you pick your best, uh, you know, six, six anglers. And so this guy, this person who's in the lead right now with 42,712 points, or you could say it dollars, uh, Russ Snyder's Derek Brundle, Matt Conant, Brian Howell, Dave Sewell and Dwayne Beatty.
2: And that may change because I don't think any of those names are up in the, the good money for those events. Like uh, yeah, Russ, right. I think finished back in the teens, right?
3: And oh, this is odd. This person only has four people. That's odd. <laughs> I've never seen that before. But they are somehow picked the right four. Apparently, because it's Russ, Jody, and Cody Milton. Now you have a salary cap. You can't just pick all the best anglers. Uh, but uh, this is uh, Brad Hicks, right? I mean, look at yeah. the he's,
2: he's in third place. So,
3: yeah,
2: uh, Brian. Brian loses on technicality. Brad yeah, right. Brad loses on technicality. Sorry, Brad. Brad, you suck.
3: Yeah, man, he's got Russ. He's got me, which this is incorrect. Uh, we're going to fix this here, but the, what I wanted to actually show you is uh, you can see some of the na- names here. We're going to get this kind of cleaned up, but what I want to show you is the whole point of this thing is also to keep uh, a money list going for every year. And, and like I said, this isn't including some of the most recent ones. And, you can see here that uh Russ Snyder's is twenty-four thousand six hundred eleven dollars. Mark Pendergraff has got the straight twenty thousand from the uh the championship uh, you know on Possum Kingdom. Jody Queen again, he, this is gonna go up for Jody because he just won at fourteen thousand, thirteen thousand dollars dollars for Brian Howe. Cody Milton's almost at 10. I'm right there, uh at dollars something. Uh, Alex Miller, Guillermo Gonzalez at five. And then of course Robert's gonna be right here in this five thousand range when his money gets oh, put yeah. in too because um, I think he won almost that amount. But we're still trying to get this dialed in a little bit with with how to include, uh, if we're going to include bonus bucks or not, because KBF doesn't post the results with the bonus bucks, so then we'd have to go look and find out who has bonus bucks and add it in. It's confusing. But
2: Could be long, a headache. Sto-
3: long story short, guys, this is, um, this is pretty cool, and uh, we're going to make it even cooler next year. But for right now, uh, we're going to keep you guys up to date on this money list because it's just cool to see how much money folks are winning. I think last year, Russ was up to 40 something thousand dollars. So we'll see if uh, anybody can get, get above that this year. And uh, yeah, we'll just here, just scroll down. I'll scroll down the list of people or if people are watching this on YouTube. You can kind of see some of the names and where everyone's at. And again, this isn't all, you know, we got to include some last, some last few things here. Uh, I know Christine just got some checks that so she's going to be moving up. So, you know, Should be fun to follow along. So we'll try to give you guys a little bit of an update on that every once in a while. And, uh, you know, just see how the how the hammers, the top guys in the nation are are faring in terms of actual money one. And then,
2: yeah, when we can know when it's all over with and there's a winner, we can have the winner of the fantasy thing on. Maybe have some of the anglers that made it worth it for them on. We'll we'll do something fun with it. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. All right, man. Another good show, Drew. Thank you, as always, for being part of it. Uh, for everybody watching and listening like it and share it and check everybody out check us out on our social stuffs and i had a couple people reach out and actually make you know uh, i always say it if you want your your event mentioned at the end of the the show i actually had people do that so that was cool it's been a while
3: very cool all right guys peace out and uh don't forget you can still catch them shallow in the middle of the day in the (laughs) summer
2: that's right. <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm not even ready. I'm over here laughing about this don't You're even good. have my closer pulled up. All right. Good night, everybody. See ya. Thanks for tuning
1: in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and thincom Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and thin If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and thin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and thin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates